0: We're in a series, we're calling it DIY Family. Last week, we looked at some concepts, I think some biblical godly counsel related to marriage relationships. And so today, I want us to take a look at the next category of being our children. <clears throat> and the, the, uh, some wise counsel that I've received over the years from others, because Vicki and I have, had, have five kids, and we had to have a lot of help in that process of raising those children, and I know parents' hearts, in general, most parents, and I know that there are a few out there that are controlled by substances and other things that maybe have lost the compassion for their kids, but probably 98% of the, of the world, we want to be good parents. We want to love them right. We want to raise them up correctly. But um, sometimes we don't know what that is. And so I want to give you just some suggestions today. To add to your parenting or your grandparenting skills when it comes to our children because they are so important to us. It does say in scripture, whether we like to hear it or not, is that the responsibility of raising that baby from that stage to their adulthood freedom is the job of the parent. It is not an easy one. It's very complex and you have to have a whole lot of skills to do that well. And I will, if you're like me, you know, we do the best we can and then with, at the end of it we feel like maybe I didn't do everything I should have done or did it, didn't do it quite right. And so we all have those kind of issues. <clears throat> but that's not what I'm going to be looking at today. I want us to look at how we can implement a few basic things into our relationship with our children and our grandchildren to really make a difference. I'm going to use the Proverbs that has been probably the standard for Christians when it comes to raising children throughout. It's Proverbs uh, 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go. When he is old, he will not depart. Now, I think it comes without being said, and it's always on the back part of our mind. But if we fail in our parenting, the consequences are just horrible. If we fail at raising our children properly, not only for their life, their their individual life, is it just awful, but just think about that. They carry that failure into their marriage. They carry that failure into their parenting. And then that creates what we call a generational curse cycle. And some of you may come out of a generational curse cycle of where the same kind of damage happens in the uh, forefathers and you see it coming down through your life. And so we want to try to figure out today how do we stop these negative, broken things and to get our family back in order. There's thousands of good counsel issues for parenting, but I'm just going to give you some simple few that I think are the most important today. It says, train up a child. The concept of train is... Number one is it takes some time. In other words, spend time with your family. Take time with your family. They will re- require a whole lot of time. Vicky and I probably a couple times a month will have a herd of our grandkids, and we had them this weekend. They come in on Friday evening, spend Friday evening, Friday night, and Saturday to give mom and dad a little bit of a break. If you've had... Kids, you need a break at times, so we, we take them in, and that we hang out with them, and we just got through that, that's why we look a little frazzled today, but childrens, I want to hear this, children spell love with these letters, T-I-M-E, children spell love by the time that we give them. They just love the time that they get to speak with you or spend time with you and speak life over your children. I have one grandson that is now Romans, what? He's two. <clears throat> and he is the, not, not mean terrible too, but into everything too. You know what I'm talking about? Every, has to touch, feel, pull, jerk, pull stuff out of everything he can touch. So you're constantly, I'm running behind him, and you say no about 14 million times over a weekend. I'm sure he gets sick of hearing that. But what I'm saying is try to find ways constantly to speak life in the time you're spending with your kids. Speak life. Man, let me talk to you just a minute. The majority, you know, I teach a class called uh, A Captive No More. We're in the midst of it right now on Wednesday night probably 80% of difficulty of adulthood and of relationships, a lot of times comes from either living under the spoken curse that comes out of... And men we have such an powerful role over children. And it's, that's why it's so important that we speak life over our kids and over our grandkids. Speak blessing. And what I mean by that is see... God's design in them. Speak about it. Tell them how, um, if they have this particular quality, point out that quality and how important that quality is. Because as you spend time with them, they're hearing love, but you're also feeding their, their spirit, their soul within them when you begin to speak the words of a father. We sang, he's a good, good father. And I kept saying over my words, daddy, you're a good, good dad. And when, we ha- when fathers, we speak that and as grandfathers, we speak that over our children, you will see, you'll know when you do. They're the, they're the kids when they come into the room, they find you and they run to you and they're hugging you. Why? Because you know, they know you love them and yet you speak life into their life. They're going to hear death and curse all around them all, all as they grow up. So we need to fill them up, fill them up with blessing as you, much as you can. Dad, your words are game changers with kids, so spend time with them. Second thing is, train them up, it says, excuse me, in the way they are to go. Train them up in the way, and notice the word way, that's the focus here. And you're going to need to have help here, and that's where you need to ask God, Lord, give me discernment, give me kingdom wisdom As I'm dealing with this child. And each child is different. So you can't develop a rote method. And use that same method over and over with your children. Because each child has been knit together in their mother's womb. Specifically by God's design. I see him with little needles with uh, the DNA. And he's knitting those DNA things together specifically for His kingdom design in each one of your children. So we need to ask God, what is the way you've created created in my child, in this child, in this child? You know, Vicky, and I have five, and I've told you about them, and I know you're probably sick of hearing of them, but my oldest desires to be an appreciated helper, a rescuer. It's kind of, I don't know why, but that's just kind of built in, and that has helped him make some good decisions and helped him make some bad decisions in rescuing too much at times in relationships. My second born uh, is the guy who sneaks behind everybody else and gets them in trouble kinda guy. He's he's funny and sneaky and loves it when the other kids got in trouble. But he's a worshiper, a musician, an entrepreneur. He does this salsa business and he's always done that. So we watch that from the beginning. Our middle born is our daughter and she, she's a great singer, but her heart from the beginning was be mom. To be married, to be mom. So that when, when, we, when I had a wedding back in the days, Vicky would dress her up in the most frilly dress, about that tall, and she went with me to every wedding I did. Because I knew that was in her heart from a baby. That that was her heart's desire. And then my third born son is basically a businessman. It's interesting, we got to spend... Thursday evening with him again. And this came up again. Because a lot of his brothers and sisters are ministry-related kids. He's not. I said, Kurt, I've seen from the beginning that you have a gifting of God. And it's in business. We God calls businessmen as well as he calls missionaries. He calls businessmen into places as as the equal calling to pastoral ministry. He calls business women, women, and men into places as well as music or worship. And I see that call in you. And it's about time that you go after that. So to see their bent, and that doesn't end because he's 30 something. So you keep speaking these things into their life when you get a chance to see it. Then my fourth born is he is a he's a musician. He's a Nashville drummer and a producer, writer, and when we would see their passions or their bent in the way they should go or the twisting that God designed them in, it was our job as parents to see it and then to begin to equip it by, if it was a, if it was a, a musician, we'd get them into music lessons or guitar lessons. If it was whatever, we would try to find what they need to advance the way that they were to go. And we have to ask God for that because if we don't, we will put them into the way we want them to go and we will create a mess. Because sometimes we try to live our life through our kids. And you know what that causes? Heartaches in coaches, right? Coaches get the mess when we're trying to live our vicariously through our kids. Let's find out how God created them and be a partner with Him in raising them in that way. We do it by asking God to show us their way. Second, setting a good example for our children. Give your kids standards for living. And you don't have to make these up. They're already given to us by God. If you go to, into Exodus and look at the, uh, I believe it's the 20th chapter, and looked at the commandments of God, that's good standards. Train your children up in the standards of God. You know what they are. Have no other gods. In other words, don't put anything in your life greater than our relationship with God. Don't make an idol. Anything you're getting involved with, if you're music or if you're in business, don't make that your idol. Make God your God and you use these things to serve Him. That's the second command. The third, do not misuse the name of the Lord by how you speak and how you live. Let the testimony of your life be a glory to God. And let the words of your mouth, do not ever let them bring damage to the name of the Lord. Have your day of worship. Establish a day. Set it apart. Rest. Worship. Love on your family. Honor your father and your mother. Vicky and I did this together growing up, that if I saw one of them be speak dishonorably to her I would be pretty hard about it. Say that's that will not happen and that's going to stop. If she would see them speak some way in dishonor toward me she would usually be the one that says you will treat your father with the due respect. So it's a, just a position. Honor your father and the mother. You know that comes with the promise that you'll live long on the earth. So that's a good standard and you know how it would be amazing to watch how many have not trained that standard in their children. You'll see them at Walmart. If you, if you want to see that example. Another one good is do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Manage that, that weakness of our flesh. And put a, put a fence around it. That you will not get outside of that in your relationships. Do not steal. honest. Be transparent. Honest. And do not give a false testimony and don't covet everybody else's stuff. Some really good, God, the standards of God over our family, they need a fence. Our kids need a fence. And the law of God is the fence. And here's where it comes into the discipline side. Uh, our children the, and the young ones, when you begin to establish the parameters of rightness in their life and you build this fence around them, guaranteed, one of the first things they're going to do is go push on the fence. They're going to push against the standard that you've established. Why? Because we're rebellious by nature. We're born with this broken sin nature and the sin nature wants me to be in charge even if I'm too And you're 60. I'm still going to be in charge. So we build the fence. And they'll push on it because they want to know, is it stable? Because if they can push through your fence, you just created a monster. And they don't know their limits. So you create the standards. And when they push on it, there needs to be a little bit of pain involved. And I'm not talking about abuse. But I am talking about spare the rod, spoil the child and then, then misery for you and the rest, okay? When they push on that, and it's willful, and they, they usually push on it like this, looking at you, then there needs to be discipline and pain. When you go against this standard, there's pain in it. They've got to learn that from the youngest of our ages. Don't ever abuse your child, and listen carefully. Don't discipline them in anger, Because when we're angry, we don't know the power that comes through. I actually don't prefer using my hand in spanking because there's a lot of power in that. And I don't want to hurt that child in any way, but you do want them to have the sense of of the pain. And be careful with them. Not all children will be able to handle that. You'll break their spirit. You cannot. You have to break the will of rebellion. Don't break the spirit of the child. You've got to be careful with that. Because we don't want to break the spirit that God put in them. We just want to bring that, that willfulness under control. If, we don't, if they don't get it early, then they're going to have trouble as they get older. And I want to say this about setting a good example. Mom and Dad, you set the example. You can't tell them to do something that you're not doing. You cannot tell them to go do something that you're not going to do. Because they are not going to follow what you say. They're going to follow what you do. And we've got to set that example for them. As a general rule, kids will take the freedom of the parent. And they'll usually take that freedom a little bit further in as they grow up. The scripture you know about alcohol is is basically says don't get drunk on wine wherein is excess when it has to do with living a testimony. But Vicky and I have determined in our life that we're not going to have that as a part of our life because we know that our kids might take that, that little step of freedom in whatever that is and see that as permission and go further with it. So be careful because we have to live an example for our kids to be able to follow after what we do. They're not going to do what you say. They're going to do what you do. Be careful where you put your feet. I'm always reminded, I remember, I was probably eight or nine quail hunting. How many has been quail hunting? It's kind of, we don't have many quail anymore to do it. But I remember following my dad. You know, he's six foot and I was about this tall. and I probably had a little sl- uh, single shot probably 4'10", I don't remember, it was a pretty small shotgun, but I remember walking through the snow in a November, and my little legs trying to put my feet where my dad was putting his feet. I can visualize that as clear today as I could then. You know, I would have to really kind of jump to get my feet to get where his feet were. And it's been a pattern in my heart to know, be careful where you're walking and how you're walking. The little ones are trying to put their feet to follow you. So mom and dad, Be the example. Third thing, and in the train, the way that they should go. Plan activities. Vicky is so good at this. We played uh, go fish, crazy eights, uh, whatever. We played games all weekend. I got beat most all the time. My my job has always been, and I take great pride in it, is that I'm the wrestler, and we. Uh, When my kids were home, when I'd get home from work, it would be 30 minutes to an hour just wrestling. Get in the floor and just wrestle and roll and do all kinds. of. And my grandkids are doing the same. We wrestled all weekend because, to me, it's a big deal. Because you have a lot of touch going on with your kids. Did you know touch is a part of blessing? When you're blessing your children, you touch them. And you hug them because it means a lot. So we're wrestling, and we're playing, and we're laughing and giggling, and I I do the pancake masher, and that's where we roll over, and I roll over on top of them, and it mashes them for a second. And you think that's awful, but they say, do it again, do it again. (laughs) If they're into sports, get into sports with them. If they're into singing, get into singing with them. I had one that was into motorcycles. What did we do? We got into motorcycles. Why? Just build that relationship in the bent that they are to go. The third major thing is discipline your children. The devil's philosophy is do what you will. And it has, like I said, it has that built-in rebellion. I won't spend much time here because I talked about it. But don't discipline, hear this carefully, do not discipline your children for childish irresponsibility. Because they don't know all the responsibilities yet. All that we discipline for is willful disobedience. Not if they make a mistake. Don't do that. Clean it. Fix it up. Put them in order. If it's willful. If you said don't touch that fireplace screen. It's hot. And then they walk in there. Look at you. And they go like that. It's time for a spank their hand. Why? Because it is a willful. They're testing the fence. Are you sure you want me to not do that, Grandpa? And so you've got to be careful at that process. The last thing, number four, teach your children to know God. Read the Bible together. Get it at different, you know, do Bible stories, get kids stuff when they're young, take it, get it deeper and stronger as they get old. Spend time together. One of our favorite times was at bedtime. We almost always read, some level of story with them in the, when we put them to bed. Vicky would do things at the dinner table that we would talk about uh, something about the word of God. She'd play some different games w- that we would do. Um, pray at mealtimes. I fail at that many times and my wife never does. She always says, circle them up around here and we're going to Pray. Bring them to church. Sounds like a simple deal. Bring them to church. Don't send them to church. Bring them to church. I have found very seldom do parents have trouble with their children when the Bible is read at home at their different ages and talked about. And they pray at home. They pray at meals. They pray of a morning when they have a family study together. They pray at night before they go to bed and every one of those prayers is, Lord, thank you for this one. Thank you that I see your hand in this life and begin to speak and pray over them the, the things that you see God developing in them. Speak it. It brings life and clarity and direction. I've, not, I've found that rarely do parents have difficulty with children if we follow some of those basic standards. But I do find A lot of difficulty when those are never used or rarely used. When they don't ever hear words of life at home. And they never talk about the word of God together. And rare do they pray in their home. And even coming to church is uh, just not happening very often. I do see a lot of difficulties in those families. Somebody told me this about a month ago, I going to just say it to you like this. Parents, the chances of your kids becoming a professional athlete is .2%. Two-tenths of 1%. The chances of your children standing before God one day is 100%. Prepare them for what's important. Prepare them for God and to know Him. Then I know as I say this today. That some may be hearing saying. I see that. That that's, some of those things are important. To train up this child in the way that he should go. So that when he's old he'll not depart. But I've messed up. I failed with my kids. I failed with my grandkids. You may be in the room. And just be getting the snot beat out of you right now. Well I want to tell you. There, the good news of Jesus is good news. All the way through even to parents like me when we fail. Because the same thing works with your spiritual condition with God, works with your children. If you've messed up, and we all have, here's what I recommend. Get in an altar before God and tell Him and say, God, I'm so sorry what I did. Please forgive me. Please put, restore back to me what I need to have. The second thing you do is go to your kid. I don't care if he's three or 35. Go to your kid and say, I've realized that I mess up and I didn't do this right. I, did, I missed that or whatever it is. Kids are resilient from young to old. And if we, as the authority, the one that was supposed to bring blessing, if we brought the curse on them instead of the blessing, you know What? Kids are so resilient. If you will go and say, I missed that, and I need you to know I'm desperately sorry that I did that or did, didn't do that, and say, I, you wouldn't have to, but I'm just going to ask you, would you forgive me? Oh, they will. Ask them to forgive you. And what happens is all that, that washes so much clean from your own life but from your kid's life. Then from that point on, you begin to speak life to them. Speak blessing over them. We had talked to, was talking with Kurt, I'll use Kurt Katie again, last Thursday night, we had dinner with him. They have our newest grandbaby. And we were sitting around the table, and his, he's miserable in his job kind of a thing. And it got into talking about this bent that's in him toward business. And when I, when I started speaking that, and reaffirming that in their hearts welled over because they both started crying. Why? They weren't sad. It was to know that you see that in me and that's okay. Yes, that's okay. That's God's design in you. And literally they were sitting at the table both tears running, running down their cheeks. I said, yeah, go after how God designed you because he did not mess up when he designed you. I guess what I'm saying is, it's tough parenting, but man, we need to do it well. It's tough grandparenting, but by this time, we ought to be good at it. Yes? We have no excuses when you're old as dirt like me. Because we can come back to them and make it right and then begin to speak life and blessing. And it works at any stage. Vicki, come on up, would you? We're going to, this morning... I want to have a time where we pray for parents. I would like to pray for parents that have the uh, prodigal son or daughter. Some dear friends of mine are here today and we prayed for many years for a prodigal son. And we're beginning to see God answer that. That son being turned back to the ways of the Lord. So I want to pray for prodigals. I want to pray for parents that you feel like you failed and you live with a lot of guilt and damage and you don't need to God will forgive and restore and it's simple to go back and restore with your kids as well it's never too late matter of fact if you're breathing you can still do it if you have a very challenging child or you're in a place with your life that it's just it's overwhelming in the parental side let us, we want to pray we want to lift your arms up and say stay in victory we need you strong mom and dad so I want to start there. And then midweek, started Tuesday and Wednesday, and then strong, stronger on Thursday, the Lord began to speak to me about praying for physical healing today, and I can't even tell you why. But I mean, it wasn't a little thing. It, it, kept, it started and got bigger and it got stronger. And so I want to ask today, uh, I'm going to pray for parents and first on those issues. And then if you came today and you're just facing a physical issue. The Lord took me over to James. He says, you know, you come and you ask the elders of the church to pray over you, to anoint you with oil. It has the concepts of if there's sin, confess that to one another. And then there's prayer of a righteous. I've asked some of our people to pray this week, to fast. And to pray and prepare for this day to be able to pray over those. I've been praying all morning. God, we don't deserve it. We can't do it. But I'm going to ask you to touch some lives today and do a work of restoration. Could be a healing of mental emotions. Could be relational. Could be a physical ailment. And I don't even know, but God spoke heavily to me this week. And so I'm going to open that up here in just a moment. But first of all, I want to pray for parents. Would you stand? If you want prayer as a parent in some issue, would you come on? I've got people here ready to pray with you today.